0: <laughs> Hello. So, thank you very much for the invitation. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I was so... I mean, I just... I haven't... When I was sitting here, I was longing so much to see one of these films. Um, I haven't been in the cinema since, I think, like almost a year now because I worked so so long on my film before Cannes, and since then I'm travelling, and on these festivals I never... Manage to see something so um, but again now it 's about um, my films <laughs> um, so um, yeah it 's interesting for me i mean i 'm invited here as a screenwriter, but I see myself very much as a yeah as a filmmaker you know the the writing is a process um, that never stops for me, so um, with every film, I made three films so far, and um, that 's all I wrote these three films and um, um, I continue writing constantly, so I, I have even have the feeling um, the editing is like the very end of the writing process, and so we will talk, I have, I don't know how many of you saw um, my films or Tony Edman, um, which we will talk later a bit more detailed, um, so... I want to tell you just a little bit about me where I where I um come from so actually I started to study um production at the film school in Munich um I thought it yeah it's maybe too difficult to become a a director and um I was interested in producing so I handed in for that and um but um Found out that it was a mistake, so I started to write. <laughs> oh, it wasn't a mistake because still today I'm like um producing uh, uh my or I'm one of the producers of my own films, which is a very good thing. I'm very happy about that. Um but um yeah I, I realized that yeah, that I really have the need to tell a story. So um then I started writing. Actually, the first long script that I was writing was my graduation film. It was called "The Forest for the Trees," and at that time, I, the thing is, I never went to classes because I changed into the directing uh, into the directing class very late. So I was never really like, um, yeah, in those. I missed all those classes, so I had to like find a way to. Uh, Catch up with all these things that I thought the others learned at film school, so um, yeah, I just watched uh, as much films as I could and um, tried to uh, yeah to read also read books on 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 screenwriting, but um, yeah, and with the first film I really tried it was it's it's about a teacher. So with all of my three films, what they have in common is that like. It always started with a constellation of two characters, and um, and yeah, and in a way, I I work with all my films for a while, like on the characters, like writing down ideas how they are. Like I al- I always have a, um, a I write, I start writing dialogues very early. That's something that um, is. <coughs> very important for me. I just have one document where I always write down uh, how people would talk or how this character would talk. And so it was a bit that like with every... Uh, that the story always came out of the characters or out of the constellation of the two. And um, so in the with the first film it was um, a teacher and uh, their neighbor um, she tries to fr- tries to make friends with her and uh, doesn't succeed um, uh, in in a way. And yeah, with that script, it was something where I I tried to be like yeah, like I thought it's right. I, I wrote a, a little synopsis then a treatment, and I tried to make it very uh, yeah, like you should do it. Like I was I yeah I I read that you should never like just go and write a script or something like that. So. Start very simple and little, and think carefully. So, um, and with the second film, it was about a couple who was just talking. So it was this this thesis of a film where you have a couple, two people most of the time, talking the whole time. And um, because of that, I I will never do that again. But I did it. I just wrote it from. The whole script like through in one in four weeks or something and and then it took another half a year to <laughs> to shorten it to go back to uh, um, yeah to uh, do it um, to go back again to a shorter shorter format is that right yeah shorter format and um, so that was a that was one experience and now with Tony Atman. There were like uh, several things involved, so um, I there was a lot of research involved, which was very nice for the writing process. Um, I was traveling. I the, the film. I don't know how many. Can you tell me how many saw Tony Atman? You ah, that's nice. That's good. <laughs> how many saw the second film and the first? Ah, that's good. <laughs> no, that's good. So, um, yeah, with Tony Edman, it was... Um, the thing is, I have to, to talk more about Tony Edman because this is something I have better in mind how it was, you know, the other films seven years ago. And um, So, Tony Edman was like... I always try to alternate when writing between two phases, you know. There's always one phase where I um try to not censor myself just brainstorm just follow my fantasy uh, no art police allowed or anything just to write down to be emotionally open to the to the topic and also to like yeah try to to follow everything that comes into my mind like to be in a creative mood and uh, this process always had like a natural ending because i got fed up after a while i got i got empty and you know it always depended in some state of the project i was it was about finding ideas and in another phase it was about just writing really on the script but it was always this more let's say more creative phase of writing um where yeah it was always nice for me to to tell myself this is something I will do for six, seven weeks and afterwards I have produced a chaos and I will go through and analyze it. And I always had the feeling that I come to a certain ending in that process and that I'm like, yeah, that I'm like empty after a while, but still I, I, I'm i not there where I want to be. So I, I searched, I always searched for something or for um, yeah for a way to to analyze myself um, because I had the feeling I want to continue working on the project and um, and so um, I read a book that I really can recommend. It's actually more on directing. It's uh, re- uh, written by Judith Weston. I don't know if some of you know that book. Some of you know that book. It's on directing or uh, directing actors, something like that. Uh, in in English, um, you really should. It's a very good, uh, what she's writing. And she, like, um, that was something that I read at film school and she offers, like in that book, a possibility to step back and analyze your script, like, um, in order to be later able to, to see it from the perspective of a director. Because that was something where I was confused sometimes because I came so much coming out of the writing and then going to directing, is um, yeah, it's it's something very different. It doesn't help you to know how you wanted it as a writer. You you need to know how you come to that. And uh, and there's we um, can go through that later if it's a bit detailed. But um, what. There is kind of a list you're following how you are really analyzing for yourself the structure and um, writing down, like, um, um, the needs of a character. Or um, there's also one thing that she's doing that she's um, that you can, like, write down the whole scene again out of the uh, perspective of the character, things like that. So, that was something. Um, that I was doing in that, let's say, analyzing uh, phase of writing, and in, into that phase, there also belonged like uh, doing research. Like that was more like this process of like where I try to collect as much as I can. And with Tony Edman there was a lot of research involved, doing interviews, um, going to Romania, meeting people, also showing the script or uh, in the in the first face when there when it was not finished, a finished finished script just a story that i had in mind i i always try to find a a friend <laughs> there where i feel free and um and i'm always i always try to tell the story myself that's something that helps very much because um telling really telling someone the story is um yeah you feel immediately where it Become stupid or embarrassing then you go faster and so it's it's um, yeah it really helps to get aware of what and you, you feel like how people react on on that so that was one thing I did and um, yeah and also like um, later then like finding a location was very important for that film like having a picture of um, of Romania of uh, of the the nightclubs and yeah, after I collected some things and analyzed what I did, I went back to writing again. So then it was, again, just writing on the thing. And um, for really writing, what I always try to force myself, it's, it's really uh, painful sometimes, but like to always read the script from the beginning until the point where I am. Sometimes it's too long because it's like when you're working on, on the last part, you freak out to do that, but it's... It really helps to like know exactly uh, where you are, and yeah, and then and then what was also important with Tony Edman is that I um, I started casting very early. That this is something I also did with the films before. I started casting very early to get really to to know who's, who will play it and um, went back to writing after that. And um, it didn't change so much, the script, but it was more that I... Um, yeah, that it was really good to know who, who will play it, you know, like, with Peter and Sandra in mind. Um, yeah, I knew, like, what what works anyway, or, like, I had the feeling for for, for the characters much better. And, yeah, and then... The last thing is that like, I, start, I continue writing during the shooting, which I absolutely don't like, but it, it really helps a lot. Like, with all the three films, it's funny, because it was always the ending that I changed completely. Um, with all the three films, I was not happy about the ending. And yeah, I, yeah, I hoped that some, something will come. <laughs> Something better will come during the shooting, and and also I think it's a good thing um, because you get a good feeling for where to, where it's good to make it shorter. I think I, I always like going into a shooting with a not too reduced script. So because I never know on which because so much happens on the sub level, or I for me like or it's so also a lot in that film about the psychological things going on so and because of that I try to um, I always try to leave some air somewhere or some possibilities so I I'm not so good in deciding before and so it's always a bit longer as it should be and um, yeah and then I try to like yeah catch up with that like shortening it um, uh, in the evening of the shooting And yeah, I mean, it's really, with writing, it's really for me something that is like, it's a process that is very hard to like, because I'm not so aware of what I really do, or there are some things that I like, or that are more easy to me, like writing dialogues is something that I um, don't think about too much. Um, I just believe very much in the thing that it's good to, the more often you go over a dialogue, and it gets better. So with all the scripts, it I worked on every script. I think almost yeah one between one and two years, and um, yeah, and also yeah, also there's also another thing that I do is like that I that it's good to have some uh, thesis how the film should be. So there's this document where it's just written like. I want to make a film that is like that, that tells that. I mean, just to know, just to sometimes look into that document and to go back to the other, to the script and say, hmm, is it really, did it really work out? Or am I close to, am I close to this? Like, yeah, just writing down, like, also what interests me, like, emotionally, politically, like, what's my personal thing uh, going on with with that topic? So... So, that's all I can say until now about this. <laughs> Thank you. It's good. It's uh, different.
1: Uh. It's comfy, yeah. yeah and it's this comfy. is I've got this therapist's <laughs> notepad as well, so it's going to be very sort of uh, analytical, I think. Um, I want to start off by asking you about the... Because you, you've said that all of, three of your films have been built around these tight constellation, yeah. two-person relationships. But the, the galactic context of that, what's going on behind, is galactic. enormous. Well, right, you, <laughs> yeah. so yeah. um, you know, to pick up the metaphor. You know, and everyone else, you've got these ideas about professional fulfilment, what it means to, to, to do well in your yeah. career and, 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 and otherwise. And in Tony Erkin, which I think is the film that most of us here yeah. Have, have, yeah. have seen, you've got this idea of Europe... Shifting, you know, the, the the context of Europe changing behind these two yeah. characters, and also the idea of what women have to put up with at work, what they must yeah. sort of push through in order to be regarded as successful. So, although you start out with that very tight focus, how does that broader context get into the work? Um, is, is it something that just comes in naturally, or, or do you look for these points at which to to get it in?
0: I mean, it's it's not that I go and or that I. Especially with those things i uh, the the outer environment, so it's is something that i I believe that if something interests me and if i if I do research on it, it will end in the film somehow and but I don't go and say I make now a political film or this should be a statement about this or that then because um I think it's everything I do is is like to try to get the characters as. Rich or to understand them as the be- as much as I can like or to like um, with each character also to really have a, a different to to go into their perspective because I believe very much that also with script writing, um, yeah, that it's good when you go through a scene to really put yourself into each character even if it's just a side character. So and to and to throw them into this moment like um, or to fill them up with something that is just their personal need in that situation that doesn't on on the surface um, serve too much the plot. So you know that's that's always something that I um, and so Ines and I believe that that with Tony Atman it was just um, just putting Ines in. To Romania meant something, so um, so I I believe that this is maybe enough, or this just the constellation putting her there and just having her perspective like um, is just raises a question, you know, and not um, yeah I do, always don't want to give an give an answer or like try to construct it so that it's there's also some space in the middle for the for the viewer in the end to, yeah, to go for a walk in the film or, yeah, to be free enough to, yeah.
1: I wonder if some of the research that you did by going over to Romania and, yeah. and seeing, you know, yeah. younger generation of Germans working out there. What's extraordinary about Tony Erdman for me is that the first time I saw it, it was before we had the Brexit vote in the UK. Yeah. And so the context has shifted totally to the, the second time I saw it at, um, at London <laughs> Film Festival this week. Yeah. And yet all of the stuff that's in the film, its kind of it's, it seems vital and relevant to right now. And I wonder if perhaps your research trip meant that you picked up on stuff that wasn't necessarily explicit in people's thinking about Europe at the time, that, that now has made yeah. it feel so incredibly relevant.
0: It was a, a feeling about this, this context. That, I mean, I was interested in those... Uh, yeah, in those... Behavior like all these Germans going abroad, telling people what's best, you know, or like how this relationship, this hierarchy—that's a word that I don't like—but between these big and small EU partners, how this continues uh, within within the companies, and yeah, if you take the relationship between Ines and and Anka, so this. Um, yeah but i was more interested like in yeah like how this yeah just showing that uh, that behavior in a way yeah
1: and there's a specific kind of business dialect is it denglish is that right the way the dang yeah speaking, the business like thing Deng-
0: is something yeah i mean it's you 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 understand the subtitles i it's really that's something it's really uh, i mean the writing continues with these subtitles it's something i really i realize it's really You cannot just someone, let's do the subtitles. So with these subtitles, also in French and in in English, I had very good uh, subtitlers, but we worked, I I worked on the English version four weeks completely. And uh, because it's so important that it's like um, close to the German, but still you have to shorten it. You always lose something. You always lose of the picture. So it, yeah, that's what I was a bit under shock that I have to, yeah. We think about uh, dialogue. So, and uh, yeah, that's um, what was, the, uh, was I asking that was Well, it a was the, question, the idea right? of that particular
1: yeah. way of speaking. Uh, ah, the, the is,
0: uh, yeah. The so this stuff. changed a bit. The Denglish. So mm. in you don't have a Denglish. I don't
1: think, are, No, we, we just Yeah, have English, you don't yeah. Yeah. have it. Yeah, <laughs> we, we don't have. We're too lazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> so we have a Denglish. Can, can you explain um, a little bit
1: we, about what that is? Just, what the,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I realized because when you that.
1: when you hear it, you kind of you understand. Yeah, it. we
0: put English words for things, and uh, we get um, we make them sound German. Yeah, <laughs> so like, what's a Denglish word? Is like, um, yeah, we pronounce it German, but it's an English word. Yeah, um, strange things. Yeah handy, what's that? It's handy. <laughs> It's mobile, I mean like, or I don't know that's mm-hmm. that's not what, what's And but with this business world was something that I, there I also did the research on like I made interviews with a lot of people and that was something that really through the interviews like got into my ear how they are talking and I found that it's often too uh, um, when you write it too um, yeah too stiff or that that they that it's often so simple how they how they say things in this business world they use some comp, some terms that you maybe don't understand or let's but, but still it's a very simple way of of speaking and not this like business language that we that we have in mind
1: and yet the script isn't afraid to go right into that business language where it's appropriate yeah. uh, you have. I mean, and job is it has this kind of air-conditioned glamour to it, in that she's you know she's out on roo- rooftop glamour, bars and good. you know the the yeah. kind of sealed-off offices and everything, and the yeah. great shot in Tony Erdman. If you've, you've seen it, you'll you'll know this when she looks out of the office block window, and there is pow across the centre of the, the the screen. This divide between the old Romania and the new. Yeah.
0: Um, so, so that's something. That that's one thing that. Um it's good that it's in the film but that was something spontaneous that was not in the script that was me as a director so no I I, it was the real view out of the window and I said okay we have to we have to shoot this maybe it's too much Um, I don't know we will we will see because dealing with that um, yeah the, the poverty poverty there the big difference um, I was not sure. I wanted it. I thought it's more painful when it just appears, not too often, and then when you see it, it comes like a shock. And before, yeah, that you are maybe yeah, you have people who are the people are used to it. So the expats working there every day.
1: In that meeting that precedes that shot, um, the, the the kind of consultancy work that Ines does. Yeah. Is I mean we get a pretty neat dose of what she does for a living. And, you know, that meeting sounds, to, to, to me, who has never yeah. done any consultancy work at all, but it sounds totally plausible. And the more I kind of think about that scene...
0: The, the presentation, yes, you mean? Yes, right, yeah. right.
1: The, the, that was
0: a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah
1: exactly. But in, in, in context, it seems effortless because she's just turning up to do her job. But yeah. how did you find that voice of, you know, how those meetings generally run and the kind that's of... A, that's a good example for,
0: because I said I, the, the writing and fi- I finish it in the editing because still I'm shortening, you know, I always want to, for the, for the work with the actors, it's always good if you have the full scene, you know, just going into a little part of the scene, it's, it's not... So we had a whole presentation, it was much longer what we shot so that it made sense and that it created a, a real tension, and um, and with that scene, I, I also I found at a certain point I found a, a young consultant who did I, I I searched for a project that I could take for the film, and so there was a project that was close close to the project in the film, and um, and she. She helped us a bit with the with the dialogue, so so I went through so that it made sense. I really was I wanted to do something that also works for a real consultant later, mm-hmm. but still it should work also for for the film. So um, yeah, there was um, the research was really I really had to understand what they are doing. I in the beginning I was like writing down like in school like CEO second management and so like <laughs> really man yeah now. I feel better now since I, <laughs>
1: since I know. In the yeah. context of that meeting scene, you're able to use these side characters, like the the young Romanian businessman, yeah. to introduce these notes of uh, things that the film is dealing with in the background. Yeah. Like he's able to say when, when Ines is admiring the fact that young Romanians are incredibly fluent in lots yeah. of different languages, they're really up to speed on this new way of doing business. Yeah. He can chime in and say, "Well, actually, they're forgetting how to be Romanian," and then this issue of, you know, your your national identity or your core yeah. identity um, that Winfried is so in touch with yeah. is able to be raised via a different character. I mean, how did the where did the idea to plant that kind of um, that line with yeah. a side character come from, and w- why does that work better than perhaps having Ines realize it herself?
0: Um, I don't think. I mean, with that side character. That's something, sometimes there's an effect, things happening that you didn't, this was something I didn't plan, like I wasn't very aware of that. I see that it works now like that and I discovered it. Some things that you discover later that you, yeah, you think about one topic and you, yeah, it's there in every character in a way. And yeah, but this character was really someone I always, especially with those business characters, I always had someone in mind a little bit that I met, who had that um, position, and um, yeah, and I and I and I found it, yeah, I found it interesting, and um, so that's that's for example a side character. We re, I really always meet with the actors, and I also write. That's also when the writing doesn't stop. It's like I I write a biography. Mm-hmm. For them, um, especially for the ones that I don't have enough time to 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 work with so carefully, so I, I write things down: what their job is, where they come from, and um, yeah, I even yeah even with people who just say one sentence. I think it's very important that you fill them up from in, from inside that they have like a, a known story and yeah.
1: So when so. you're when you're building the the central relationship in the film yeah. w- with uh, Sandra Hular and Peter Simonishek, the, the the two leads, how much do you work on that with them? Because you said the casting is a kind of a vital part of finding yeah. their voices. At what sort of stage was the writing before you went into the casting, and what was what did finding your cast actually yeah. allow you to to, to bring onto it? On yeah.
0: yeah. I think I mean the film is really like. I would say 95 percent written script. I just uh, reconstructed it because I um, someone wanted it, and so I thought I have to do that anyway. So I put in all the scenes that I wrote during the during the, the shooting, and it's it's more closer than I thought. It's strange because I I like like this this feeling of improvising in a way, but still they learned their lines. So I mean, it's like, yeah, they come and um, sometimes I forget that it's like something that that I wrote. And sometimes I allow that they are like, um, I try or op- ask for, please, if something good comes into your mind, you're allowed to, to, to say that. But then sometimes I get very nervous when it, I mean, with improvising sometimes um, there 's the tendency that they put too much that they verbalize too much the emotions or that it's they just or that it becomes too inventive or things like that and then I get become very nervous and tell the, the my assistant to control if it 's really the script mm-hmm. in the lines and um, but with the casting for the casting it 's something I never use the script for the casting. Um, that's I made that mistake at with the last film, and I think it's very dangerous to like because the actor prepare for a casting differently. They prepare themselves, which is not always a bad thing. But I need, yeah, for me it's always good when when, yeah, when it's like, yeah, when they open to to and able to react and like so um, with that. Uh, So I always write completely new scenes for the casting. And um, that's something, yeah, that's fun, just um, doing it for the casting. And then I realized that in the end that there are some interesting scenes that I wrote just because I didn't think of how it would work in the script because that sometimes makes too much Mm -hmm. pressure, you know, when you always, yeah, work in one document. And so, um, yeah, and then... And and it's 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 more that um, that I know like. For example, I have the Tony in mind. How how Peter would do that Tony, so. And also when doing the casting, also with Tony, we improvised. Also, we did also, um, yeah, improvisation. What I, what I let them do is like often improvise a scene that is in the script, like Tony appearing, you know. Mm-hmm. There are so many, yeah, you can try that everywhere in a kitchen or in a, yeah, so, and um, it's more that I have a feeling um, what the conflict between the two is and, um, yeah, it's hard to remember what it, was. Yeah, it's, yeah.
1: I think capturing that improvisatory feel in the writing is, I mean, it's done in in, in Tony Urban incredibly, incredibly well. And then you have these moments uh, towards the start of the film, for example, when when Winfried embraces uh, Inez at her birthday brunch and smudges some of his skeleton makeup on her, her blazer. And now that's great because it distills down so much not only the fact that they would both turn up to the same event dressed so differently, she's dressed for, for work, she's yeah. very professional, upstanding. And he <laughs> comes straight from school with this, if you've seen the film, you'll, you'll know this, with the, the, uh, the skull makeup yeah. uh, still on his face from the school concert. Um, so we get the sense that both of them come to the same event with, with, you know, with a very different um, uh, outfit on. Yeah. But also the fact that his joking has some real-world... It causes real world problems and conflict that aren't yeah. just oh she finds him a bit annoying or yes yeah. he's not very charming you know there's a sort of a tangible uh, upshot to what he does. Yeah. So when you find a moment like that that's obviously something that has to be pre-written in stone that can't be just discovered. No, on that's set. Yeah.
0: pre-written. Then someone needs to make the spot there. Yeah. Right. And the jacket needs to be. Uh... Every three times, so you can clean it in between <laughs> and these other things.
1: Sometimes, but what's yeah. the secret to, to alighting on a, a, a character interaction like like that, that that distills down? Because you could have those characters unload at great length about what what it is that their behaviour annoys about each other, but instead, just in that kind of tiny interaction, you get all that.
0: That's really, I mean, that's that's very causal in a way. He had that makeup. Mm-hmm. And they are hugging, and so um i i thought yeah it's like um I mean I know that it's like that it means something or that it like this father who's like uh, what's the word smearing or like putting that thing like on on her so it 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 it's also a symbol maybe for something, but um yeah it's that 's an idea that yeah sometimes. I liked. I wanted. I was more interested in this. Uh, for me, what's important about about writing is I of I think a lot about hierarchy between characters. I think this is something that I want to be very aware of. Who's changing hierarchy when? I think, like especially with that family scene. Um, also during rehearsing, we tried out um, how much higher is is uh, the new um, husband in the status, and how is Winfried struggling with his status. I mean, he's trying to come a bit up with doing these jokes, and then he falls down again Mm -hmm. (laughs) with doing this thing with the makeup. And um, yeah, I think it's always for a character, and also later for the actor. a good thing to work with, and also, uh, yeah, uh, there's always in, if you have these daily life situations, that's where a lot of uh, little drama is happening, like, Mm -hmm. in that, yeah.
1: It it strikes me that having Winfrey drop out of the narrative for so long, because obviously the film starts Ah, focused on him, yeah, uh, from from that first shot of him answering the door to the postman... Um, then we follow uh, him to, uh, to Inez's birthday yeah. brunch. And then she kind of picks up the, the lead character yeah. mantle for a very, very long time. And that's what makes... we slightly wary of, of, of describing this in too much detail for people that haven't seen it. But there's a scene in which he unexpectedly back. arrives back it's in very, the, yeah. the centre of the story. But to lose him for so long seems like the kind of thing that screenwriting manuals might advise <laughs> against. Because you know, you've yeah, set maybe. someone up as the main character... And then you've sort of shuffled them out of the spotlight for for long enough for us to forget about them to make that return surprising.
0: I was I was this was really something that I was interested in, like changing in the middle of a film the main character. So I was aware of this. And um, and I hope that it will work. I was a bit anxious that I don't know because I always also read in a book that it says the person, the character you start the film with will always be the main character. You cannot change something about that. But it worked here because he he also transforms. He comes back as someone new. Um, the only thing about that film was that it really, that was a, a a moment I was very afraid of in the script, but also later in the shooting, because the film starts again. You know, You cannot do anything about it. You have to make a new introduction of Tony, um, and it takes, a, it takes a while. And I needed that, what you say, this gap before where you think, oh God, no, this film continues just in the business world. I mean, so that way you get nervous that it will like uh, yeah, go on like this. And so, um, yeah, and it was more that I really saw this, that there was this first hour where I wanted it to start, maybe normal, r- routine, not very nice. Uh, th- uh, yeah, they they don't have a, a special problem in their relationship, but it just fell asleep. They they lost contact, and then things get worse and worse and worse. To really, it was the idea to really create a dead end in their relationship, so that to really make sure that as a father, there's no almost no possibility for him to come back so that you really have the feeling, okay, what's now? I mean, it's, it's the film is over. Like, and I also had in mind that like Winfried himself has this feeling like, um, like to, to stop this bad film he was in with his daughter and to write a new one, like coming back as this, uh, as this, this Tony. And, um, and I, it was also, I was also, I took four shooting days just for this scene because I knew when if this wouldn't work, the whole film wouldn't work. So that's always something, yeah.
1: So what was particularly tricky about it to get just right was it the, the timing of the turn or his com- subsequent yeah. conversation with uh, Ines and her friends? Or
0: I tried to shoot chrono- as chronological as mm-hmm. possible. So um, I mean, also for 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 the actor, just to start with that new character and to because the the, the tone you. Uh, I leave things. I always try to leave things open for the shooting. I mean, I try to know as much as I can about the staging. I always try to rehearse on location and to. I know where the camera will be and the setting and everything. But I try. I have to leave something open. Like that's the emotional side, or like with Tony. Um, yeah. Also, how his. Yeah. Like how big this Tony will be. I didn't know, I had to see that. I had to see the full set, I had to see, I mean, I even decided on shooting day for another wig because I, before I had a much more realistic uh, wig that looked similar because I liked that old thing. But on shooting day, um, I changed back to that because I saw the whole environment and found, okay, we can do it with that wig. Although it's like, it looks in reality like completely unbelievable. But um, so things like that, I need to react on things. And so, uh, and also, uh, we tried different versions of Tony also while casting. We like let out all, Peter tried out all. I mean, from a Tony, like a uh, very American cowboy version, until a very strict CEO. I mean, there's a why he has a very wide uh, range, and it was very funny to. to test or everything a bit that came into our mind to to yeah to have later these little yeah I always hope that it has more layers than in the end and yeah and it was more that I wanted to fight the right tone and and yeah it was important that he I mean Peter plays Winfried and Winfried is not a good actor as Peter so he's Peter plays a winfried who 's a bad actor who tries to act, and that 's like a very thin line and so um, and sometimes, yeah, it was annoying because for sure he would have had like a, a much more dramatic version of tony and and also I, I found very dangerous that sometimes I realized that I find funny things funny in the casting or during rehearsal or shooting. And on tape, it doesn't work. Like when I watch it later, it's not funny anymore. So I had to find out what's really funny. And um, it it was very clear then that it was always funny when it was existential in a way. So when he really um, was the father with a certain need, like when you really could see through to him no, it, mm. through through these loud things like the teeth, the wig. that's something where you like, yeah, That or when he really addresses her and and it really becomes this double thing, yeah, double play.
1: I think one of my favorite moments uh, where that happens is that previously, I mean, this is maybe about half an hour before it actually occurs, Inez makes some comment to him about, you know, when are you going to do something in life that doesn't just involve sliding a fart cushion under
0: someone? And yeah. he says,
1: you know, I don't have a fart cushion. Yeah,
0: that's too bad humor for him. Yeah,
1: right. But then, you know, half an hour later... When yeah, he, he up, buys ha- one. Yeah, exactly. He buys one specifically. So you have this, I mean, the, the, the joke of him sitting on the fart cushion is funny in itself. Yeah. But there's also this wonderful affectionate callback to this conversation he's obviously remembered with his yeah. daughter. And has stung him. And yet he's able to kind of express that in the form of a joke.
0: Yeah, he's annoyed. I mean, he's like. Also, she's saying, "I know men your age who like um, who really want something from life." So he knows there's some truth inside. I mean, it's it's a very cruel scene for him. This scene where he says, "I don't even have a fart cushion," because she's almost dismissing him as a as a father, which is not possible. But it's it's. And I mean, he could be angry for like two years, but. Still, he takes like this, I mean, still he decides for this very, um, yeah, this very unlikely approach or like that he takes this last 5% where he realizes that she's also longing or that for a different form of communication or that she's also right about that. And so, but still he's annoyed about this, I mean, Tony is also like um. Yeah, I mean, it's more masculine, he's more showing off, it's more, it's also like a different male, more different version of of him, so it's also, he's also presenting a cliché and asking a question, I mean, this is how I should be, like, yeah, using fart cushions, so, it's also a discussion about humour, like... But it's with fart cushion. That's funny. It's it's always funny. I mean, you cannot do anything about it.
1: It's like so. If you take away one screenwriting tip from this, uh, yeah. vet, Um I mean, actually, funny enough because I suppose the effect of a fart cushion is totally visceral and almost inexplicable on paper. It just has to happen in front of you, and then yeah, you kind like of nakedness. It. That's also
0: right. something. Like on paper, it was always yeah, you are really this naked. They are naked then, and it's like a. Mm.
1: If, if you haven't seen Tony Erdman, there's a, a, a scene towards the end of the film... It's where, a good
0: reason to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, but you yeah just naked. see
1: this for the naked party alone. It, it's, it's, um, <laughs> Inez's birthday party turns kind of by accident on the hoof, but she embraces it into this naked party.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but you can't kind of understand... Nudity on film, unless it's sort of in front of you. So when yeah, you're, yeah, it, you're it writing... makes
0: something with you that, y- y- yeah, you cannot read. You know, mm-hmm. it has a, it's a good effect. As Sandra said, at a certain point, it's also good. Yeah, she, she, yeah, to play naked when you have a shot from here. Everybody should be naked. Under it's very easy to play a scene then, because it creates a certain tension and insecurity. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but like, I mean, in... this is this we cut out now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But particularly when you know when you have that party scene and you know you're yeah. writing that, did it seem excessive on the page in a yeah. way that it wasn't in practice?
0: Excessive? The party? Yeah, like
1: it sort of felt like um, you know you're writing this person comes yeah. in, they're naked. This person comes in, they're not naked, but they go away, take their clothes off, and, yeah, come back, yeah. and they're naked. Just this kind of almost as if it's kind of hammering the point too hard in, in, a, in yeah. a way that in you know when it's actually enacted. Yeah having the courage to, of your convictions to go with something that extreme actually makes sense yeah. in the end.
0: No, I, I still, I mean, I write a lot of feelings also in the script, how the characters are feel, how it's, what's happening on the inside, like these insecurities, like this, he's really struggling to if he's coming or not, like working a lot with adjectives. But um, before I give it to the actor, I, I, I take all that out. Because I think it's not good for them, it's good for people to decide if it's if they want to see the film and give money to it, but later it's um yeah it it makes it too limited in a way and more in it's more interesting to discover discover that but um yeah they, I try to write some history inside <laughs> uh, yeah um, in into the script but um and and the version we work with is a bit is a bit more dry than later. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's a wonderful. Moment. That was
0: not the answer. No, 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 it was, it was. Yeah, okay,
1: I wanted <laughs> to ask you about this wonderful moment of yeah. um, human frailty, which we actually mentioned in the Q and A earlier today,
0: yeah.
1: um, in which Ines's boss arrives and he sees Ines's um, personal assistant, who's uh, Anka the, the, yeah. the, the, the young, um, very beautiful Romanian girl. Yeah, and he kind of comes in with this. It's obviously a surprise that everyone's yeah. naked, but there's this little kind of flutter of you know, hope in his heart Ho- hope that this that might, it will this be party something. Yeah. Yeah. So, in order to.
0: Yeah, that's what I mean. W- with him, it was clear what is he is expecting. So, we, we thought, like, yeah, it's important to, to just think how does this Geralt uh, uh, feel when he comes to a door? Like, we don't did that shot. But like, how I always have in mind, like, how did he get up the stairs? What is he thinking? Where did he drink that beer? We talk about like, um, how fast did he drink that, and uh, what did he decide? What came to his mind? Like, yeah, that he maybe heard about that people are doing it in uh, in in college or somewhere, you know? Like, so I don't know. And then he comes there, and then the, yeah, then we thought, yeah, maybe he's hoping, and maybe that anchor, and so yeah and that's what makes it then he's just and there's uh, for example something like with that that's a good point because i like very much the way he's saying this happy birthday when he's putting away the the bag this is something he he just said you know that was not in the script so these little presents i always try to uh, yeah try to get from actors like yeah the way he looks then and I want to open
1: us to questions from the floor. If you have any questions, please raise your hand. And we've got uh, a mic at the back. There's someone there. Um, yeah, I just wanted to ask about the nature of surprise in the film. Because you know, in a lot of screenwriting, you get people telegraphing what's going to happen in advance, so you get sort of semi-warned for things, which, which you don't really do. You really do set up real surprises. And how does that work when you're writing? You know, What are you looking for there?
0: Um... I mean with that I, I I wrote that in the script but I wasn't sure if it will be a surprise then. I mean like I was surprised by some things myself, you know, later, like like the version of the singing that was much more than I ever hoped for. <laughs> I mean it's all all these surprises were written in the script and I was um was hoping for them, but um Actually, it was more that I found out in, in the editing more how they would work. So also that it, um, how much, or like also while directing it, that it always needed, there's often a moment before when nothing happens or when you don't know how the story will continue or also the characters don't know how, how, how it will continue. I mean, they are doing this, this role play the, themselves, so they are often in that situation are we going on with that film or not, you know, like they are in charge, you know, like <laughs> to, and uh, it was interesting that things like that I didn't plan to be so long, for example, in the script, like that painting X, I mean, it's, it's 130 minutes already or yes. 20, and they are painting X for very long until before she's singing. So it's really this situation. Yeah. So what's coming now, but uh, Always when I shortened that, the singing didn't work. So, um, yeah, I I was, and I was interested in those moments before a surprise and after a surprise, like when the history falls apart again or like, um, yeah. Because before you, you, yeah, you have to be precise about these things, like where they come from or like with jokes. I mean, a joke always has a more complicated reason. Yeah, there's always something more going
1: on, yeah. Just uh, to pick up on that element of surprise in the film, yeah. the um, appearance of the uh, Kukeri um, yeah. at the end of the film, if, the, the kind of enormous Hungarian hairy monster. Yeah. Um, that is, there's a crumb of foreshadowing that I totally missed first time round where he kind of spots the head down the hallway in the, um, just after the egg painting, in fact, after yeah. the singing scene. But how ah, I that's f-
0: good. Either you missed it, that's good. So that people miss it. Yeah. It
1: w- when you kind of, how did you even think to transplant this monster into the story? I mean, did that?
0: I wanted to. Re- I think it would have been too inventive if, like, um, to just let him appear. But maybe, I mean, as people, a lot of people don't. I mean, he's really saying, "What's that?" And she says, "It's from Bulgaria." Mm. But you don't. It's dark. You don't really. Uh, uh, recognizes i i think it always a film needs to be you need to be able to forward back mm-hmm. and things are correct like also with tony appearing you cannot cheat with those things so i think it's important to know where he got that from be- also because i don't want to be yeah it's not an invention of me or like to, to step too much into that fantasy thing that was always something i was afraid with that film that maybe um, yeah, that I lose this realistic ground or that... I mean, what they're doing is not very, uh, very, uh, uh, yeah, very uh, likely, but it still should be possible, you yeah. know, that things like that happen, so...
1: How did you actually discover about the that, the Kukari? I mean, was the, that something you were aware of before you started researching the film, or did you find it when you were in Romania? Or?
0: I it, i mean, it was in the script. I was searching for... A, that he like in the end chooses a costume where he's completely gone and where it's like that is like something yeah that that's closer to his soul or his inside and I like those uh, Eastern Europe costumes they're very different ones and um, I mean also in Africa you have these very interesting <coughs> things and it's really luck luck to find that thing because it existed like that and it all it almost feels like something from the zoo it's very lively you know because they carry it here on the on the chin and when they move the head it's it's yeah that there's a lot of it's interesting because like in the neck the way you move the neck there's a lot of emotion happens there and it yeah it's not a stiff costume so it was really nice. I was almost in love when I met that the first time. <laughs> I was lying in bed and had the feeling something very special happened today <laughs> to me. Well,
1: maybe I mean maybe this answers <laughs> my question. And the
0: man who sold it, he was. It was really hard for him to sell it. We, it was very expensive. It's they they raise goats with that long fur for a long time to have like just uh, the middle part of that fur. And that makes it so lively. So it's made out of I don't know how many goats, more than twenty or something. And yeah, it's yeah, it's it's really there to get the evil spirits away. The
1: the, the fact that you were so yeah. besotted with it when you found it maybe answers yeah. this question. But I mean, did you ever think when you were writing, actually, this is kind of a step too far? It's just.
0: Too far? It's too, it's to, to find that?
1: No, no, not no. personally. I I, uh, I loved it. You know, I I think I lay in bed afterwards and felt similar to you. But <laughs> but it's just such a kind of a a, a a further leap into the absurd, particularly on top of this naked party.
0: Yeah, I mean it. I you know I tried it. I the producer went under it. And I got almost completely undressed. Not completely, but I tried it out and filmed myself with that thing because I wanted to be sure if it's too stupid, you know, like to just that picture having a... And I couldn't ask someone. I didn't have a cast at that time. So um, I wanted to make sure that I choose the right thing that, and that it's not too much of a... Um, yeah, a sexual thing in the end just because it's a naked woman and a hairy thing, you know. And so, um, but it worked because this thing was so melancholic and with these, I don't know, there was, I just found found out myself that it just, if you don't have anything sexual in mind, it's not there. You're just naked then. And the thing is too naked because it's just, it looked naked as well, yeah.
1: And what's amazing, I think, about the way that moment's written is it, punches through the sort of cliched reconciliation that, you know, this yeah. out in the park, this wonderful hug between yeah. father and daughter, uh, can, you know, a more conventional film, that would be the the end credits. Um, yeah, but so I put how...
0: them there, you know, why? <laughs> just to, I was sure that it, I would never, I, I was sure that it didn't work, but just to, I mean, it was just to know that if someone would ask me why I didn't do that, they <laughs> know why, because it w- you were really disappointed then it was like you would be thrown out of the film it didn't it was too simple you know say well that's now just it was too much of a message then and so yeah, it was really necessary I know there's a little
1: uh, that's I mean it could
0: be an ending yeah but it didn't work
1: but that's a great way you think to avoid yeah. that sort of cliche is just to push through find out what happens next and yeah. find out what happens after that again
0: yeah, and I, I, for me it was really important that it uh, that you needed that real life needed to come back, you know. And I thought that it's very uh, um, important for the story that Winfried himself, um, also what I wanted to tell about uh, parents and children, that he's not aware really of what he did for her. I mean, I feel like being a parent is sometimes like throwing a boomerang and. You don't know where it will end or how it will come back. or yeah, there's, He's doing a lot of effort, but still he has the feeling he didn't answer her or he, he still owes her that answer to that simple but very complicated question, what, what's worth living. And so, um, yeah, I found it important that they meet again in real life. And I, I like, that was always part of the story that two people do a lot of effort to come just very little closer, yeah, that the change is not so big.
1: Any more questions? There's one on the side there, yeah, yeah. And then actually, if you have the mic down at the front, there's one of these things.
2: Can I go back to that scene of that uh, the party? Ah, yeah. Yeah, which <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, the naked, and the gentleman comes with the costume. Is it that somehow at a different layer for you was that, in order they express themselves, the main character in the party, they get their clothes off. And But in order the dad express himself, put the costume on, yeah, he dresses. So there's a kind of irony in it. Is that different layer that you intended to express?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like... Um, or what I like is that he's like... Yeah, that he's like... Especially with the hugging, then later that he's like that she can only hug him when he's completely gone, you know, like, or when he's not there anymore. I mean, with that costume and that being naked, I think it's so different to every viewer, like, what he has, what comes into his mind, like, uh, depends how much you're, yeah, how you would feel about about that. But, um, yeah, but I think the father is dressed, but the cooker is naked, so... I thought it's a good compromise. He's a guest who can really come to that party. <laughs> so, but um but with Ines it was more about yeah, she's coming closer to herself through this film for me to like getting rid of the roles she's playing and also this this dress she's trying is is a is a she's trying to be someone else and she she realizes that she doesn't like that skin anymore and and she, it's really very. We we worked on that how she got rid of that very long, like this, really that she's physically cannot wear that anymore. So that it's enough reason to open the door naked, and the rest is something that starts uh, starts happening. But yeah, so I think she's yeah she's what she is when she's naked. Then
1: in front row, when you were. Uh... Developing as a writer before you have made movies. I mean, what just out of out of specifics, what were the key challenges and strengths in terms of finding your voice? Obviously, because now you you have something like the film this afternoon, which I yeah. thought was well rich. But when you were finding that voice as a writer, what were the key blocks that you would had to overcome? The key blocks. What's
0: uh, what like? Uh, the, 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 like writer's yeah. block, like yeah. things,
1: obstacles in in
0: discovering. Ah, that was. Um, I mean, it's always the most important. It, to like, yeah, it's so simple, but to not copy something or like to just stay with what, yeah, to, to find something personal. I mean, what I, my, my films are, they are not autobiographical, you know, but I always write about something uh, that I know, but that I make like bigger for a film or that I make like more intense, uh, intense for a film. And so, it's always a process of, yeah, of um, me also finding something out about myself sometimes, or that I, um, yeah, and, that's, and that sometimes, because it's personal, you're sometimes not so sure if it's like something that other people are also interested in. So you have to uh, find that out and to like, um, and, to, and I think most difficult is that not to get too nervous to, and not to throw something away too early, so um, yeah, I always had a long breath, and I always tried to put as much in as a story as i as I could, and um, always tried to follow um, also other things that interested me, and sometimes i'm surprised how it like it's also like these boomerangs, <laughs> how it comes back at a at a certain point and yeah to to find yeah to find that out maybe yeah yeah
1: another question um somewhere yeah
3: Hello again, um yes, thank you again, um I was very interested to know um because earlier in well not earlier, but three quarters of the way through, you have him um Tony the father go to the oil place, and he 's very humanitarian gets offered apples and you see you have this kind of grief about his kind of experience and he's chipping away at her awakening perhaps of humanity and um so in a way it's a bit of a tipping point so that she begins to kind of then her birthday party is then she's in the nude and da, da, da. so i was kind of intrigued by the fact that she has this turning point and she begins to Grow into kind of a, a bigger kind of yeah. w- world view. and then near at the end, um, she's wearing the hat, she's got the teeth, but she announces she's going to work in Japan, yeah, <laughs> with a similar kind of um, place. So is this because this is like tragic comedy, or there's it's very very difficult to have a, a kind of happy ending because she's actually going to the, still do the same thing? She hasn't really awakened to the the things you have to as you mature in life. I so think, I'm worried about the yeah, ending. Yeah,
0: yeah. About the. I think um, it was very important for me that she stays herself, you know, and she will never become uh, her father, but um I think I mean, it's clear he has a completely different system of values, you know this and and his daughter you i mean, he educated her with these human values, and she knows all that she he sent her out into the world to be curious and and to be self-determined. So in a way, it's like she uh, she's following that, and um, and she's using it in a in a different way. And I don't think that she's so wrong in in, in that job. And that um, and yeah, I also think that Ines or we saw her as a character that is that is also maybe more human than she's or more open and more. Um, than she is in this film because the film is just a small period in her life, and she's also acting in a certain way just because her father is there, and be- just because he feels that he wants so much um, to be like he thinks it's more right, you know. Like in and so, especially on the oil field, she's she sees that and she. Um, she knows, and I don't think she has. She she also has a heart for for this, but for from her perspective, things became so complicated and so complex, and she tries to solve it on another level. So, um, yeah, it's not that. Yeah, is she a victim?
3: Is she a victim to um, the world uh, on a bigger point of view, as a bigger world view, that um, it's impossible as an individual really to fight the big thing that's happening in the world, and how yeah, it's, it's compl- hard to kind of change anything anyway into. You know.
0: It's much more complicated for her generation, so this um yeah to to it's more complicated who's responsible, and also this job that she's doing, like this consultant job is also it's also always an outsourcing of responsibility and I saw I choose that job also because I found that something typical for our generation that it's got too complicated who to blame for what. It's so easy for everybody to say, but I'm not, I cannot change all this. I think, yeah, so, and, um, yeah, I think it's, he and Winfried on the other side, for her, it's almost naive. He's like a. I I I always saw him like a, a sinking island, this system of values that he has, yeah.
1: Any more questions?
0: Yeah, in the middle there, Thanks.
3: This might be a little prosaic after that, but I'm just really interested in the relationship between writing and editing and uh-huh. how you work in the edit, and and both kind of during the shoot and then into the kind of editing process.
0: Yeah. So I always try to get... Um, I have a lot of footage, or I end up with a lot of footage. So in in, in with Tony Edman, it was 120 hours, something like that. And um, I repeat the scenes very often I don't do much takes but I let the scenes always run very long and it's like um, yeah I uh, yeah it's yeah something like 10, 12 takes per, per shot like and so uh, sometimes I know what is right or how I think the scene should be, but I believe very much that there's always, yeah that there's always something to find out on a shooting day you know you have to leave something open and it's sometimes shooting can be so uncreative like everybody's like sometimes i feel like everybody's praying in the morning just let's shoot something no matter <laughs> doesn't matter what hopefully end this uh, scene somewhere so and and so so i try to be a bit, yeah. Try to be as creative and as open as possible, but still, yeah. There's always this wish I have that, um, yeah, that the actors are really in the moment. And on the other side, I want to be precise about uh, what's lying under. And so it's it's a complicated thing. And but in but what I what I want to say is I end up with an with a lot of footage, and that is more like an archive, and. For me, in the editing room, and so, and with some scenes, it's really that I like. For example, this dialogue in in the spa when she when they were asked, talking about what's worth living and these things. That that dialogue it was longer, um, not much longer, but it was longer, and I I could combine things that I couldn't have directed or that it's. I mean, you would have taken another week to like come to that point to because it's often so. Such it feels so co- coincidental, like how people are try to talk with each other, but like talking um, across purposes. Across purposes. So yeah, that's something that it's very hard to uh, to direct or to like to act like so. And with scenes like that, it's very it's it's very nice to have a lot of footage and to uh, build them in the editing. I mean, there are a lot of takes that I could have taken completely but it's yeah it's always good when i can i I, st- I still have enough i can work on the psychological things as well so like how i build up the tension like or, yeah
1: just on that point actually of building up the psychology of your characters yeah um, you, you both everyone else and tony ardman open with one of the leads having some kind of a interaction with a character we never see again in Tony Erdman. It's uh, yeah. Winfrey talking to the postman, and in everyone else you have the, yeah. uh, the, the, the girlfriend character talking to this little girl beside yeah. the swimming pool. And it just seems like that's a, possibly a really uh, useful way to make us understand what one of the leads is all about, yeah. but in a kind of a no-stakes scenario, so in a way that's not going to possibly affect what comes afterwards, because they're interacting with someone yeah. who really has nothing to do with the, the rest of the plot. And I was wondering if that was...
0: You know, the, the a, a yeah, technique the, you the guy who comes in or what do you, like the yeah
1: well with the the, the, the guy who delivers the package yeah, at the, the start you know the
0: package ah, yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. at the start yeah
1: and also i mean just even with that scene it's kind of the the opening shot and i think you know if you're trying to write a screenplay you 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 want to kick off with this incredible flourish yeah and that is just like aggressively boring you know you just find <laughs> this kind of drab door
0: yeah, and yeah. fixate
1: on it and then there's this kind of Bizarre, going nowhere interaction until suddenly it lurches off to the side, and we see what's going on. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, in terms of finding that right first page, that right, you know, the, the first first few pages of your screenplay.
0: The scene was was clo- very close to that, but it I didn't. It was the door was not that it's so long, it was not there. Yeah, I liked. I had that door, and then when we shot it, I saw that door, and it was such an ugly door. So I thought, like, you cannot. You have to do something with that door. I mean, it has to become. <laughs> Something more than just a door, so it was the only possibility to. And and I was aware of this door thing because we were all, all we shot that German part in the end. So with the naked party, um, there were so many doors opening, and so I thought it could be interesting to start it with that um, boring picture and to have at least for the yeah for the beginning this to be uh, only one time in the perspective of someone who would, like, meet his humour from, an, yeah, from another perspective, like, to get to know him from that perspective. And, and it was also a bit like me making a joke as a filmmaker, only one time.
1: <laughs> I, I want to actually ask something else about, in a similar way to nudity has this visceral, in-the-moment reaction, yeah. uh, so does uh, music, and your films aren't overloaded with music in any way at all. But in Everyone Else, you have this great scene um, where the song is, to all the girls i loved before, I think, Ah, this incredibly corny pop song, um, where um, Lars Eidinger's character, the the, 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 the male in in, in the the central romantic relationship, he starts out by kind of ironically performing this song to his other half. But then halfway through, the performance suddenly takes on this Sincerity that you don't expect, and it becomes yeah, the song takes over. Yeah, yeah, right, and it becomes this beautiful moment of transcendence. And similarly, in Tony Ardman, you have the moment where um, Winfried is is starting to play the Whitney Houston song, yeah, and Inez reluctantly agrees to sing along. And then halfway through it, we realise we're we're having this real soul peeling epiphany. Um, And it strikes me as amazing that you've managed to do this with songs where the emotional currency it's basically when we come to the the film, they're they're on the floor. You know, we've heard these songs a million times before in all kinds of contexts, you know, hotel lobbies, just, you know, that kind of wallpaper music. (gasps) And yet you've chosen songs like that in order to really, you know, emotionally address your characters.
0: I think, I mean, with Whitney Houston, it it should... And with music, I think it, it needs... You need to have a feeling like... Yeah, how they, be, that they be, they need to belong to the real story, like, or to, with everyone else. It was like that I, all the, I had in mind that all the music that is used could have been taken out of that music room of the mother, you know, we had in mind that, I, I think. Uh, the, 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 the mother has
1: incredibly chintzy taste, if you've not seen that film, she <laughs> has this slightly, um, kitchy lounge with all yeah. these artifacts and things and the, the CD collection is a part of that.
0: Yeah, the the set designer also or even put the CDs there that are like played in the end. Or oh, like that are played through the whole film. So um and with Whitney Houston it was like yeah, it it was always this song and um yeah, I like that type of music um that attacks you emotionally <laughs> so much and that you uh, yeah you yeah you have to decide how to um yeah if you go with a song or, or not and yeah it was good to, that we found that on the shooting day this aggressive and ironic version because still the song um yeah the, the song still still worked
1: But these are things that, when it comes to writing, you have to almost see them in practice in order to understand it. Yeah, but as
0: a writer, I can, like, um, listen to it. So when writing these scenes, I put on the Whitney Houston. (laughs) So it's a good thing. It's good, like writing, it's good to... I am always like to be in this a bit... I like to listen to cheesy songs when writing. Yeah, sometimes you walk into and then say, oh, God, this morning, how can I connect with my emotions? So just put on some Whitney Houston, it's very
1: <laughs> easy. I think we have time for one last question. Yeah, there's a hand in the middle there, thank you.
2: Hi. Um, just following on from that, the music, because I, I, I also listen, listen to music when I write as well. Yeah. But um, having laughed so hard at the um, naked party and everything, and the final scene at the funeral, and the, um, the father, like Tony says, or Wilfred Winfred says, about how he was going to play Harry Belafonte at the... Yeah, funeral. yeah, yeah. The, you're right, yeah. But that one comment when he said, oh, it's Negro music. Yeah. Having laughed so hard, I was bit like, oh... Because it wasn't something he was said all throughout the film. If I can new perspective of his p- character, I wasn't sure how to.
0: Take I mean, that that that's comment. I don't know if the translation is good on that. In Germany, he uses a very we we talked long about that translation. It should be like he's like something that how the grandmother would have called it. Yeah, and okay. actually, yeah, I thought that's... about putting that Bella I mean, I I thought about putting that. Actually, in the funeral, there was a part when there was singing of um Annika help me i don't time to say goodbye, to say goodbye yeah. and and he wanted Belafonte, that um try to remember on the funeral and and the, I thought about, yeah we had this um but this was too too much at the end, you know that song <laughs> but um yeah and I, there was also I always had in mind like this coming to that word like negro music is that that I for me in in my mind it's important that Winfried belongs to that typical post-war German generation who had a very strong enemy with the generation before who was racist in a in a way or that I saw that in his family so that was kind of like uh, he had a strong enemy which was also like the birth of his Humor, as well as of his political um, position that he had, and so I wanted it also when they talk about the steel helmet. I just wanted it to be there a little bit in the end, where he's coming, yeah, where he's coming from.
2: We kind of, like, saw this funny character. But it's like another layer. Yeah, occur, yeah. So that's How I took it was kind of like, okay, yeah, that's good. I want to ask that Yeah, I'm
1: happy. <laughs> Okay, that is unfortunately all we have time for this evening, but Marin Adi, thank you very much for joining
0: thank us. Thank you. <laughs>